Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Curious Neuron Podcast. My name is Cindy Huffington, and I'm your host. I am a mom of three, and I have a doctorate degree in neuroscience. Today is a solo episode, so I'm not editing this episode. There's no music. There's no intro and outro. Um, I'm just here to have a chat with you, and today's episode is actually a Q&A. I posted on Instagram a, f- a few days ago that I would have a solo episode, and I wanted to cover um, some of the questions that you asked me, and a lot of them have to do with how I balance work and and family. And I think that's an interesting question because I don't think I have a balance. <laughs> I don't think that you can ever have a perfect balance of everything. I think it has to do with how you schedule everything and how you plan. This is why I think that being a parent is like being the CEO of your own company. And I, I will explain all of that um, in this episode. Uh, if you stay at the till the end of the episode, I'll also summarize it so that you can write it down and uh, um, apply it this week or next week. Before we begin and, and dive into this topic, I just want to thank the Tannenbaum Open Science Institute here at the Neuro uh, in Montreal for supporting the Curious Neuron podcast. And if you haven't done so yet, please rate the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. You could send me an email at info at and uh, let me know that you um, left a review and, you know, give me a, send a screenshot and I will send you a free PDF either on potty training that we have in our store store on our website, kirsteron.com, or you could also ask for the Tantrum uh, PDF that we have. Um, both are a couple pages long. They summarize the research and they give you practical advice that you can apply with your child because that's what Kirsteron is all about. And if you're not doing so yet, you can visit us on, on Instagram and follow us at curious underscore neuron. All right, so I'm scrolling through my phone right now and looking at the questions. And one person asked, what mistakes or traps have you fallen into as a parent, even when you have all this knowledge on the brain? I thought that was an interesting question. And I wanted to address it because, you know, there might be some parents out there that feel that perhaps because they don't have a background in in something, including neuroscience or psychology or child development, that they might make more mistakes. But I, I may, I probably have made the same mistakes that you have. It's one thing to know something and to have read it, um, but applying it is very different. And I have made lots of mistakes. I have yelled at my ch- my children. Um, I, I've lost my my you know control of my emotions and have lost my mind <laughs> without saying a bad word. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's normal. We all do it. We all have bad days. We all have bad weeks. Sometimes we're tired. Sometimes we're stressed. Sometimes it's work. It, you know, it. There's so much that happens. And you know what? In the end, it doesn't matter what degree we have. We are all human. And we could know what's best for a child um, and apply it most of the time, but we're not going to be able to apply it all the time. No one will. It doesn't matter what degree you have or even if you specialize in parenting and, and child development. So, you know, the traps that I've fallen into sometimes is in the moment forgetting about my child's development. And I talk about it all the time. Um, and I usually remember it, but there are moments, you know, it's almost like that 80-20 rule. Um, you know, there is 20% of the time where I'm yelling or I, I forget, you know, that my child can't share because they're not developmentally ready yet or they're not there yet. Um, I've done it, It's but it's not, I don't think it's a big topic that I've um that I haven't applied, I think there are moments. So even if I know 
the science of, of parenting and your child's, uh, my child's development, there are moments when I forget because I'm tired and I, I'm human. <laughs> so, so are you, and you can make those mistakes. So that was the first question I wanted to address. Um, and like I said, most parents ask me questions about how I'm able to balance um, parenting and, and you know, here the question says, how do you manage being a working mom? Um, I'm really struggling with this. So this is interesting. I've had Kirstner on since 2015, but Kirstner on and what it is right now is very different than um, when I started it uh, many years ago. Um it started off as me giving these workshops in schools and I would talk to teachers about how the brain developed and learned so that they could understand the students that they were working with. Um, this kind of evolved and I started working with children and then um, I started working at a clinic as Curious Neuron, but I would work with children and play with them and, and try to help them develop certain cognitive skills. Then I had my second child when, when I was working there and I experienced burnout during pregnancy and which felt like depression and, and it was a really rough time. I, I realized that I had to step back and couldn't run Kirsten on, on my own. So I left the office and left work and stayed home. And that's when I started the blog. And then I was able to do things on my own pace. I started the blog first, then Instagram played around with Instagram a bit, um, didn't know how to do it. I was just taking pictures of, of the activities we were doing and not being true to what Curious Neuron was. Then when I found my voice and started understanding how to translate neuroscience and got better at it, things started taking off on Instagram. Today, um, I think, I don't know, I'm at 97,000 followers. And it's really, it's weird to me to say that because I think I know maybe 13 people. <laughs> so it's really... Um, bizarre to me to to know that there are so many followers um people from around the world and that's pretty cool at the same time um curious neuron has evolved now and is the parenting um uh, platform that you know that you're listening to right now so it's the instagram account um the website that has the blog posts the academy on the website that has courses and now and uh, and Instagram podcast. And then um, a couple months ago, I started um, a consulting company where I'm, I and graduate students um, are, are helping companies and we are, um, you know, helping apps that want to develop a certain part of their app while we specialize in child development. So we're able to guide them and create um, guides for them or, you know, do focus groups and create some, you know, science uh, based focus groups and so on. So Kira's Neuron actually became two companies. How do I manage all this? Because those of you who have known me for a while now and who have been listening know that I am homeschooling my six-year-old. I am home with a two, um, just turned five and a six-year-old who's about to turn seven. Um, and I have to kind of balance whatever that word means. So I don't think I'm balancing everything. I'm really scheduling everything. The days or the weeks where I'm not scheduled, things are hard. And this is why I believe that being a parent is like being a CEO. I 
have been learning more and more about companies during the past two years. I've gone back um, to university, taken a course at McGill for um, entrepreneurship. I've gone to uh, another uh, Quebec program here for, for business owners to understand how to manage and build a business. Um, and, and going back made me realize that it really similar to parenting. First, you know, we, we have to manage a team. <laughs> we have to understand what it looks like to manage a team. And that means understanding the strengths of each person on your team, which is your, your partner and your children, understanding what ch um, challenges they have. So same thing with our children. If you have a two-year-old and a seven-year-old, they're going to have different challenges. So you, as the parent or the CEO, you have to look at your team and say, okay, who needs my help? <laughs> who needs more tools and skills? You're not going to send them off to a training like you would probably for work, but you are going to be that training person. You are going to help them um, create all these tools and these skills. We have to look at it that way to help us realize that you know, children are developing. And, and, and even if it's a child who's two and another one who's seven, you can have children that are very close in age and they're still not going to have the same skills because they're individuals and they're going to learn certain skills at their own pace. So that's why when we view ourselves as the CEO, then it's almost easier to say, okay, what, who's in front of me right now? You know, like who, who do, who's on my team, <laughs> my kids, but who, who can I um, step back from a little bit? Who, who's good at, at being more independent and who needs more of my help? All right, this, this child needs more help. Let me um, maybe, you know, put them into my schedule a little bit more this week so that I could help them with their emotions or help them build their patience. And I don't know if you have an agenda. I have a business agenda where I kind of plan my goals um, and, and create strategies. So you can do the same thing uh, as a parent. And, and that's how I view it in terms of parenting as well. You can say your goals, you know, for the year, your goals for the quarters, <laughs> your goals for the month, your goals for the week. That's how you break it down when you're in, in business. We look at the next year and then we say, here's my financial goal for the goal for this year. And I, I have to thank, I have a, bus um, a business strategist and um, his name is Nathaniel. And he has been helping me out for almost a year now. And, you know, it's, it's so great to be able to organize everything that you're doing. And again, you can do this as a parent. So this is how you do it in business, right? You look at your next 12 years. Sometimes you'll actually look at your next year, three years and five years down the line, the, down the line. But let's just say you're looking at it in the next year. You could say, well, I have a child who's in grade one and my goal is to help them, you know, do well in school or math. Be specific on, on the different goals that you have and then break it down. If I want to um, help my child in math, the next year? How do I break it down during the months? Do I, you know, first quarter, second quarter, have a, tut a tutor to help them out? Um, you know, am I going to make sure that in the next quarter, in the next three months that I take Saturday mornings to, to you know, do more math work with my child or, or go for a walk with them and discuss math, depending on which grade they're in, you know, you can um, make it fun. That's how it works to, to, you know, run a business. And we can do the same thing again with our kids. If we are working on certain um, skills with our kids, we could say, well, you know, I'm going to work on patience with them. So we're going to do activities together as a family, or we're going to play board games on, on Friday or Saturdays. And that's how I'm going to schedule in 
the skills I want to build with them. I want them to be more patient. So, you know, playing trouble together as a family, that board game, um, you know, they'll have to be patient and wait for their turn. And I'll help them do that through the game. Um, you know, it's, it's really about uh, understanding again, who's in front of us and our team. Another thing, uh, there's a book that I'm, that I just started reading. I think, I think it's called, um, rethinking or something around that. Um, you know, it's, it's about rethinking a strategy. So the same thing applies as parents as again, <laughs> as a CEO. Um, but when we are applying certain strategies as a parent and we're saying, okay, this child is really struggling with their emotions. So I'm going to spend a little bit more time with them on weekends when I can, or before bedtime on weekdays, I'm going to take 10 minutes to read them a book quietly or play a game with them, a card game, go fish, whatever it is. Um, because I really want to take time to connect with them. I notice that their behavior is off a little bit. So that's the strategy you're building. And if you notice after four or five weeks that nothing has changed, then what you need to do is, is rethink your strategy. But sometimes as parents, we tend to um, look at it as a failure and thinking that, you know, we tried or, or let's say we have a toddler who's tossing their food on the ground and we keep saying no and we keep telling them not to do it. And after a week, we feel like we failed and we talk to parents and they're like, yeah, my child stopped. And then again, <laughs> we feel like we're doing something wrong when in the end, it's because we haven't you know, put thought into rethinking the strategy or building a new strategy, um, like placing a bowl beside your child in their high chair. Uh, if they're throwing food because they're done and they're not hungry anymore, perhaps they need the words around that. So we need to test different things. And that falls around, you know, neurodivergent children as well. Um, all the parenting advice, and I've had this discussion with Megan on the podcast in an earlier episode, you know, sometimes parenting advice doesn't apply to neurodivergent children. And I am part of that. Just because I give some advice, it doesn't mean that it will, it will work for every child. Um, but as a parent and the CEO of your company, it's it's up to you to test different things and not just one week. It, it might take a couple weeks, um, but to be consistent and to test them. And if they don't work, if, if these tips don't work, rethink it or, or try different strategy. Um, and, and, you know, maybe that's why it helps to have a notebook. Um, I have, so like I said, I have an, uh, an agenda or a planner for business, but I have an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> for my family. I really do. It's on Google. I have a Google spreadsheet um, and different tabs are different things. I have the homeschooling tab where I plan the activities. I have a meal planning tab um, where it helps me understand, like uh, plan out my meals. Um, I have an activity tab. I, I haven't been consistent with that one for a while now. Um, it's the end of the school year. So with homeschooling, I'm trying to get a few things done and, and we're outside most of the time now. So I don't have to, I don't really have to plan as much as I did during the winter. Um, but just to say, you know, you could have these weekly um planning sessions. I try to plan my week uh, on Sundays, Sunday evenings, plan my Instagram feed, plan my meals, plan my homeschooling activities, and plan my week for work. Which meetings do I have? I have a task list. I use Notion for my task list and I set it all up and I, I know exactly, you know, when are the deadlines? If I have a podcast that I'm recording with a guest, when do I need that interview to be ready? Um, if I have a deadline with a contract with a client for the consulting company. So I have to plan everything. And the more I plan for my family and my business, the easier things get. 
So back to that original question about balancing work and life, it's it's not about balancing things. It's really about planning and and you'll you know, you'll have weeks where you're behind on work and you'll have weeks where you're behind on family life. For me, there are weeks where I have a lot of meetings during the day. Um, and those weeks, you know, or those days, my children might have more TV. But then the, fo- the following week, when I know that I don't have a lot of meetings, I'll make up for it. We'll have more TV, um, not more TV. <laughs> we'll have more outdoor time, um, more play time together. I'll make sure that I, I, I really don't care about the house that week and that I put all my effort into my kids. So I don't have guilt around it when I know I have a lot of meetings because I know that I'll make it up and I know that I'll switch the following week and catch up with schoolwork or catch up with, um, um, you know, connecting, time to connect with my kids. So it's really about looking at the bigger picture and not just that day or that week um, because then it's really easy to fall into this sort of cycle of um, guilt and, and feeling like we're messing work up, you know, or messing our life up as a, as a family. Um, so that's why I think you have to look at the bigger picture. And when you look at the bigger picture, like you do in business and you look at the year and you look at your quarters and then you break it down a little bit more, you know, that one day or that one week or even a couple weeks, it's not the end of the world. If you just plan and make sure that you balance it in a way where you schedule it in and you, you take note of that and say, you know what, I, I really need to connect with my kids this week. Um, the house can wait, the laundry can wait, or or the dishes can stay in the sink tonight. I need to go for a walk with my kids or go to the park with my kids or or spend time with my partner because I haven't, you know, spent a lot of time with them. Um, that's what's really important for us. And I want to end off this discussion um, with the most important part, and that's you. Um, something that I hadn't realized. No, I, I had realized I... I don't know how to explain this. Well, okay. After, so I had my first child in 2017 and around that time I was doing a postdoctoral degree at McGill University and then I stopped working. I started Kirsten Neuron and I, I don't know, I, I, maybe as of that moment, I, I would spend a lot of time with, I would always be with my daughter, um, and neglected myself and it wasn't on purpose. It was just, I was spending a lot of time with her. I was starting a business. So any downtime was towards my work. And I've been doing that ever since. So I had three kids, um, you know, between that time, well, two extra kids and Kirsten Neuron really grew quickly. Um, no, actually that's a lie. It didn't grow quickly. <laughs> it, cause I, I, I did say that I started it in 2015. Um, it, it, grew quickly the past two years. So I really put more time into that. However, I've been putting a lot of time into Kirsten Neuron from the beginning, trying to create something from it, trying to grow it. But the last two years, that's where the biggest growth has been. Um, so I have always been balancing or <laughs> not balancing, um, you know, kind of having both work and family life in my schedule. Um, but for the past seven, almost seven years, I wasn't putting myself in the schedule. And now it's been about three or four weeks where I have, I've been including myself in my schedule. I've never put me time. And now all I'm doing is taking a walk for half an hour. Um, but I really, I needed to do that. So if you're a parent who really struggles with that, I have two things, (laughs) two things to tell you. The first one is 
it might not be the right time for you. I don't think I could have done this two years ago um, when I had a newborn or a one-year-old and, you know, two other kids, a one, a three and a five-year-old. I could not step out and I was putting a lot of time to Kirstner on um, to try to make it become something. And, you know, thinking back, I, part of me tells, you know, says to myself, like, why didn't you just go out? And I might have been able to just go out and step out for a walk, but my mind wasn't there yet. I was just really working hard. Um, so, and I had very young kids. So, you know, you might not be at the point yet. But the second point that I, I wanted to bring up is the importance of self-care. I've kind of just watched my physical health deteriorate a bit. Um, you know, I ended up at the the doctors a couple of weeks ago and I had been having these really intense headaches. I had insomnia. I had heart palpitations. Um, it was a lot. And in the end, the doctor said, you know, you're, you're really stressed. You're, you're doing a lot. You need to get more rest and, and take care of yourself. So I, it was really an eye opener for me um, to to bring self-care back and self-care isn't about like I've said this before, but self-care isn't about the massages and the spa and, and stepping out because I can go out and have dinner with my friend. But if I'm not taking care of my mental health and my inner voice and my thoughts, then that's not self-care because as soon as my kids do something, I'm probably going to lose it and yell. Um, so self-care is really working on the emotion regulation, dealing with my my past or anything that's coming into my mind and, and impacting how I'm parenting and impacting how I think of myself. So it's that confidence and, and building boundaries and your self-esteem. That to me is self-care. So like I said, you know, I had neglected it for a long time and I'm just rambling now. <laughs> So I, I think that it really is important that as you're balancing or trying your best to to plan and schedule life and work and whatever else is part of your life, um, just remember to schedule in um, personal time. That's the most important part. I hope this episode helped you. Um, here are the three tips that I think that you can start today um, to try to make a difference in your um, you know daily life. The first thing is starting some sort of book or spreadsheet or have a planner for your family where you plan on Sundays. Take 10 minutes, 10 or 15, whatever you need um, to plan out things that you need to do during the week. What is it that you want to get done? Um, Just having a moment to think about your week. What's coming up? You know, are you busy Monday, Wednesday and Friday? Is our th- Tuesday and Thursdays a good day to schedule a walk with your kids and make sure that you step out of the house? Uh, is Friday a good day for you to take time for yourself and maybe ask for a moment to step out of the house and, and do something for yourself? Just take the time to think about that. The second one is if you're not doing it yet, um, I didn't talk about this during my conversation, but family meetings are really nice because if you think back to being a CEO of your, of your family, um, you know, there are meetings that are involved and we had, you know, family meetings, even when one of our kids, what they were, I think three years old. Um, and we would talk about things that we were grateful for, and we would talk about struggles that we're having as a team. Um, so it's, I think it's something that you can start doing with your family and, and include this in your, you don't have to do it very often, but you know, once a month, maybe once a quarter, <laughs> depends how you want, what you want to run your business <laughs> or your family. Um, but that really is, is something that you is easy to do and implement and, and really impactful within a family. 
The third point uh, might seem weird to you, but if you think about it as, again, you being the CEO, um, what I'd love to do is write down uh, all the members of your company, which are your family members, <laughs> and everybody who lives in your home, because they are part of your team. And what are, you are the leader, right? So what are um, their strengths and what are the challenges that they need to work on? And even if you have a two-year-old, the list might be long, but I want you to write them down because sometimes when you write things down, it's it's in our face, it's right there. And we're able to say, my two-year-old really struggles with um, sharing, which I have a post, by the way, on Instagram today. Sharing only starts, um, like the ability to share and the skills and the cognitive skills that a child needs they only begin to form around the age of four. So if you have a two or three-year-old, they're probably not going to share and and you don't want to force it. You want to really start teaching them the skills. But write everything down, right? Describe your team members, your family members. Um, And and then again, when it comes to being a leader, um, you want to be clear about the expectations you have of someone. So that could be between you and your partner. Perhaps you haven't been clear. Perhaps you know, you expect them to to do something and you haven't really said it out loud and then you get upset because it's not done. I, I've fallen into that and I've done that too. But when we see it as a team, we realize, okay, I need to address or, or be very clear in terms of what needs to get done this week. So if you're taking that Sunday to sit down and, and to write everything in, in terms of what needs to get done within your home, you can also take a moment to sit with your partner and say, these are the five things that are really important this week. I need to clear out the garage or clean out the fridge. It would really help me if you helped me, if you were there with me on Monday night to clean out the fridge um, and we can probably get it done much faster, you know, something like that. But to be clear with your team members um, and, and communicate what you need from them. Then you'll know exactly, you know, when you're writing their strengths and challenges, you can also know, okay, you know, which tools do I need to work on or how can I support my family members um, with these challenges that they're having? It's going to help you recognize them, like I said, when you write them down and it'll just make it more easy. Uh, It'll make it easier for you. So those are my three tips. I hope that you enjoyed them and I hope you had uh, an amazing week. Thank you for tuning into the Curious Neuron podcast. Thank you for listening to me and I will see you next week. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review on iTunes and to follow us uh, on Instagram at Curious underscore Neuron. Have a good one. Bye.